Christmas. Not season's greetings. Not happy freaking holidays. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. I got my Santa outfit on. I got my red shirt. I got my red hat. There you go. Ready to go. What? Well, it's supposed to be a Santa hat. Sorry, it's the best I can do. But it's a pretty good hat. <laughs> all right. Lots coming up tonight. Welcome. Hello. Actually, you know what? There isn't all that much coming up tonight. We're going to chit-chat. We're going to tick-tock. And uh, we're going to just hang out for a little while. Probably be a little shorter of the show than usual. We will read a bit of our book tonight, Treasure Island. We'll get to that. And uh, we'll mostly do some funny Christmas things that I've uh, I ran across today. A few topics that did catch my eye I wanted to share with you. So we'll talk about that. Want to also give a hat tip to Max Evans and Map Trajan 1. A couple of new followers over there on Rumble. Thank you so much for the follow. Really do appreciate it. If you haven't done it yet, there is a little button right down there. It says follow. It's an oval. It's green. Just click it doesn't cost you a dime. If you don't have a free Rumble account, it's easy to get one. Sign up and then you can chat in our live chat. You can follow the show and do lots of cool things. You don't have to have a channel and broadcast and live stream and upload videos. You can if you want, but you don't have to. Just become a member, join up with Rumble, get an account, and it gets you a bunch of freebies. So check it out. Best part is you get to follow the show and we really appreciate that. Helps the show out a lot. Doesn't cost you a dime. All right, we got so much junk going on here tonight. I'm going to try and get through everything. And we're going to talk a little bit about Christmas, too, because it is Christmas Day. It's just after 10 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast. If you have already, I know if you've got kids, you woke up hours ago because they're not going to let you sleep. You are going to be awake. They're going to be beating down your door to get to the presents. So by now, I assume they've probably broken half the toys and opened them up a long time ago. But uh, we didn't really have rules about that. Everybody got up together pretty early. And uh, anyway, we'll get to that in a little while. Right now, let's get to one of our sponsors, and that would be the amazing Blackout Coffee. If you're a coffee drinker like I am, see, you know good coffee, and you know bad coffee. And the chances are that coffee you've been drinking, I know. Look, we, we get into habits. We buy the same coffee because we're used to it. We're, you know, it's just easier. You don't have to think about it. Do yourself a favor, folks. Switch over, give it, give it a try. Buy one bag of beans and check it out. I promise you'll be hooked. Always full flavored, always robust, never bitter. Blackout Coffee works. It's an American company, which is another great reason to support it. They work with local co-ops, American farmers to grow these beans, select only the best. They have a small batch roasting process, which means when you place your order, 24 to 48 hours after that, they roast your beans. Ship them out to you, and that's fresh roasted beans right at your doorstep. Bunch of different blends, a Brutal Awakening they've got, and... Pitch Black Espresso, Morning Reaper. Oh, you know, if you're, if, I don't use them, but if you use those pods, they have those too. You can check them out. If you're not into coffee, they've got a great range of some flavored mochas over there and some premium teas, really good stuff. But if you are into coffee, please try a bag of Blackout Coffee. You will not be disappointed. I guarantee it. 
And I also got you a special deal, and that is a 20% discount off your first order. Use the promo code J20 at checkout, 20% off your first order from Blackout Coffee. That's a hell of a deal. Blackout Coffee, the link is the top one in our show notes. And don't forget J20, J-A-Y-20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. Check out Blackout Coffee, an American company that supports this show, supports our American values, and is all about this country and making good coffee, blackout coffee. Okay, yeah. Let's get on and move through the uh, couple of things that I found that I did want to share with you. This is from the DC Patriot. (laughs) Their byline is real news from real men. Maybe I should put my my MAGA hat back on. Anyway, of course you know Chickaphil. Everybody loves Chickaphil. Well, the state of New York. Man, I'm telling you. If it isn't California, it's New York. Colorado sometimes. But check this out. They are pushing a bill which is forcing Chickaphil to be open on Sundays. Why? They say because it's a disservice and an unnecessary inconvenience to travelers. What? The new, I just honestly, head shaker. The New York State Assembly's Rest Stop Restaurant Act has sparked controversy with its potential impact on Chickaphil, or Chick-fil-A, I should say. (laughs) They are known for being conservative, being right-wing, closing on Sundays. The bill argues their practice of closing Sundays constitutes a disservice and unnecessary inconvenience to travelers. The bill says in part, while there is nothing objectionable about a fast food restaurant closing on a particular day of the week, service areas dedicated to travelers is an inappropriate location for such a restaurant. Publicly owned service areas should use their space to maximally benefit the public allowing for retail space to go unused one-seventh of the week, and more is a disservice and unnecessary inconvenience to people who rely on travel service areas. So, if this bill passes, Chickaphil will be forced to one of two things. Move out of the service areas, Close the stores, not all of them, just the ones in the service areas, you know, on the side of the highway, or open on Sunday. And knowing Chick- Chick-fil-A, I keep saying Chick-fil-A, knowing Chick-fil-A, they're not going to open on Sunday. They've faced tougher challenges and come through with smiling colors. Chick-fil-A has no problem telling people like this idiotic New York legislature to 
go pound sand and good on Chick-fil-A. <laughs> it's a plot, it's a plan, and they have a playbook. The Jeep Nerd over on X posted this. It is a classic. It is the Democratic Playbook. You want to know what they're all about? You want to know how they think? You know, want to know how they operate? Here's this criminal, this troublemaker, who is currently in his Part B of his presidential term. Or is it Part C? Anyway, they just say the quiet part out loud. Listen closely. This is under a minute. Listen. Understand, it's not necessary for people to believe this information in order to weaken democratic institutions. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in the possibility of truth, the game's won. The game is won. There you go. That's the whole Democrat playbook laid right out there in 60 seconds or less. You want to know how they're going to operate, what they're doing? They're already doing it. And Obama just comes right out and admits it, describes it for you. Incredible. You know, we did the story last week about immigrants, illegal immigrants, being flown all over the country with no security checks, no TSA search, in some cases, plane tickets without even a name on it. You didn't think it could get worse? Surprise! This was a sign that Bill Malugin saw at the Tucson airport last night, where airport personnel were directing illegal immigrants who had been released with their DHS paperwork, non-citizens with no passport only. That is the, wait, where is it? Where'd it go? There we go. Non-US citizen without passport only enter here. And then it's in Spanish down below. This was at a TSA security for domestic flights. Not at customs, not international. Any pilot, airline employee, TSA personnel with tips on what you're seeing? Anybody? This is insane. Non-U.S. citizens 
without passports enter here. Folks, we've lost control. We have absolutely lost control. We should scare the hell out of you. Unbelievable. What else we got? Not much. <laughs> Twitter X is going nuts. Tucker Carlson has done it. I don't know if you've seen this or not. I put a post, the link in our show notes, to Tucker's feed of episode 56. It's called A Christmas Eve Election Surprise. Go there. If you don't follow Tucker Carlson, give him a follow. Brilliant, absolutely. On our side, 110%. And let me just play the opening. You got to go over there and watch this. Let me just play the beginning and listen to what he has to say. 2024 has not even begun yet. And it does seem like the presidential race is effectively frozen in place, if not over. We know who the candidates are. It's too late for another to get in. Some have already dropped out. But is it too late? Is there anyone in this country of 350 million people who could jump in at this late date and re-scramble the calculus of electoral politics? Well, there may be someone. And in fact, you already know him. You know his face. And the question is, will he get in this cycle? And that's my question for you. Well, that's really a decision for the people, Tucker. It's not something that I really think about or want to do. And Merry Christmas to you, too. <laughs> it's Frank. He's back. Can we please have it? Yes, there you go. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Look, Spacey's never been convicted of any of the things he was charged with. I love this guy. To me, he is one of, if not the best actor there has ever been. This man is beyond when it comes to talent. Whatever his personal life, it is what it is. The best part about this, he goes on to interview Frank. Remember House of Cards? What a show. What a show. My second all-time favorite movie, my first favorite movie of all time is On Golden Pond with uh, Catherine Hepburn and Henry Ford. My second favorite movie, The Usual Suspects. If you have never seen that movie, folks, find it, watch it. You won't regret it. Brilliant. And Spacey is a freaking amazing in that film. Absolutely incredible. Anyway, the best part of all of this is that the left is going nuts. Not just the left. Some of these tight-assed Republicans, same thing. You should just check out X. Put in a search Tucker Carlson or Kevin Spacey. They're all trending over there. I love it. I love it. 
Things get weird around Christmas time, folks. You think I'm kidding? You should be in Denmark. Check out this. It's a Denmark Christmas parade. <laughs> It's the Denmark Christmas Parade. I had to get some Christmassy stuff to throw in the show because it's Christmas after all. My, How's your handwriting, by the way? No, it's Christmas related. Trust me. You'll see in a minute. My handwriting sucks. I have the worst handwriting on the planet. Okay, not as bad as doctor's handwritings, but that's almost kind of a shorthand. My handwriting looks like a four-year-old's. People who can do this, take a look, amaze me. This is absolutely incredible. If you're listening to the podcast, go check out the video version of our show on Rumble, the Jay Sheldon Show on Rumble. Look at that. It's freehand, folks, with an airbrush. That is absolute. Look at that. That is insane. Wow. And now he's putting a shadow in. This is beyond skill. It's incredible. I could just watch this for hours. Look at that. Freehand. Dang. That is amazing. Hey, folks, if you're in the live chat, uh, say hi, okay? Because I'm not I'm not sure I've got everything connected right here. I think so. Live chat's open. Just send me a hello or whatever. Check it out. Uh, and by the way, if you don't have a free Rumble account, get one now, would you? All right. Got a few more funny ones. And one poignant one. But, uh, you know, we wanted to keep it light. We didn't want to hit on a whole bunch of crap today. So we thought we'd stick to the easy, light, Christmassy stuff. Just to hang out and spend some time with you. This is so funny. Reposted by Ian Miles Chung. Love you, Ian. It's at Still Gray. And this, where are we? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on, okay? I'm doing this all myself tonight. <laughs> Check this out. This is so cool. Watch these dogs. <laughs> and they all put up with it. they get them all to stand still like that look at that if you put Miko in there she'd be like oh look a squirrel 
That's insane. But insanely cute, too. That's <laughs> great. All right. <clears throat> Got one more for you. <clears throat> and I uh, wanted to share this because it is Christmas. And uh, our president, President Trump, dropped a Christmas message today. And it's very poignant. And I wanted to share it with you. You can find it on X. You can find it on Truth Social. I'm on Truth Social too, by the way. Just check out the Jay Sheldon Show over there. Follow me. Anyway, it's just a minute long. But take a listen to what our president has to say. Melania and I would like to wish everyone a happy, joyous, and wonderful Christmas season. In this holy time of year, Christians everywhere give thanks that over 2,000 years ago, God sent His only Son into the world to be the Savior of all mankind. The birth of Jesus Christ is the true miracle we celebrate each Christmas. He is the ultimate source of our joy, our hope, and our sense of peace and goodwill as we gather with family and loved ones. It is such a great time of the year. This is why we can never stop saying that beautiful phrase, Merry Christmas. This holiday, we give thanks for many blessings God has bestowed upon us. We pray for the safety of our men and women in uniform at home and abroad. And we ask God to guide us, give us strength, and watch over us in this pivotal year ahead. With His help, by this time next year, we will be well on our way to making America safer, stronger, greater, and more prosperous than ever before. Once again, Melania and I wish you a very Merry Christmas. God bless you all. May 2024 be the best year of our lives. And there you go. May 2024 be the best year of our lives. We can only hope. Okay, get ready for some book. Uh, we're a little early, but that's okay. I told you we may run a little short this week. Uh, it is time. We are reading Treasure Island. We do that on this show. And uh, every show for 500-something show now, we've, we've done all the classic children's literature. Jungle Book, Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, Little Prince. And uh, we are right halfway through Treasure Island. It has been a most interesting show. All right, here we go. Treasure Island. And where are you, Treasure Island? Hello. There we go. Where we left off on Friday. I began to run towards the anchorage, my terrors all forgotten. While close at my side, the marooned man and his goat skins trotted easily and lightly. Left, left, he says. Keep to your left hand, mate, Jim. Under the trees with you. That's where I killed my first goat. They don't come down here now. They're all mastheaded on them mountings for the fear of Benjamin Gunn. Ah, and there's the cemetery. Cemetery, he must have meant. You see the mounds? I come here and prayed now and then, when I thought maybe a Sunday would about do. It weren't quite a chapel, but it seemed more solemn-like. And then, says you, Ben Gunn was short-handed, no chapling, nor as much as a Bible and a flag, he says. 
So he kept talking as I ran, neither expecting nor receiving any answer. The cannon shot was followed after a considerable interview, interval by a volley of small arms. Another pause, and then not a quarter of a mile in front of me, I beheld the Union Jack flutter in the air above a wood. Part Four, The Stockade, Chapter Sixteen. Narrative continued by the doctor how the ship was abandoned. It was about half past one, three bells in the sea phrase, that the two boats went ashore from the Hispaniola. The captain, the squire, and I were talking matters over in the cabin. Had there been a breadth of wind, we should have fallen on the six mutineers who were left aboard with us, slipped our cable, and away to sea. But the wind was wanting, and to complete our helplessness, down came Hunter with the news that Jim Hawkins had slipped into a boat and was gone ashore with the rest. It never occurred to us to doubt Jim Hawkins, but we were alarmed for his safety. With the men and the temper they were in, it seemed an even chance that we should see the lad again. We ran on deck, the pitch was bubbling in the scams, the nasty stench of the place turned me sick. If ever a man smelt fever, dysentery, it was in that abominable anchorage. The six scoundrels were sitting grumbling under a sail in the forecastle. Ashore we could see the gigs made fast and a man sitting in each, hard by where the river runs in. One of them was whistling Lully Bolero. Waiting was a strain, and it was decided that Hunter and I should go ashore with the jolly boat in quest of information. The gigs had leaned to their right, but Hunter and I pulled straight in, in the direction of the stockade upon the chart. The two who were left guarding the boat seemed in a bustle at our appearance. Lully Bullaroo stopped off, and I could see the pair discussing what they ought to do. They'd gone and told Silver all might have turned out differently. But they had their orders, I suppose, and decided to sit quietly where they were and hark back again to Lily Bullaroo. There was a slight bend in the coast, and I steered so as to put it between us. Even before we landed, we had thus lost sight of the gigs. I jumped out, came as near running as I durst with a big silk handkerchief under my hat for coolness' sake, and a brace of pistol, uh, pistols readily and primed for safety. I'd not gone a hundred yards when I came upon the stockade. This was how it was. A spring of clear water arose at the top of a knoll. Well, on the knoll and enclosing the spring, they'd clapped a stout log house, fit to hold two score people on a pinch, and loopholed for musketry on every side. All around this they'd cleared a wide space, and then the thing was completed by palings six feet high. Without door or opening, too strong to pull down without time and labor, and 
too open to shelter the besiegers. The people in the log house had them in every way, stood quiet in the shelter, shot the others like partridges. All they wanted was a good watch and food. For, short of a complete surprise, they might have held the place against a regiment. What particularly took my fancy, though, was the spring. For, though we had a good place of it in the cabin of the Hispaniola, with plenty of arms and ammunition and things to eat and excellent wines, there'd been one thing overlooked. We had no water. I was thinking this over when there came ringing over the island the cry of a man at the point of death. I wasn't new to violent death. I've served His Royal Highness, the Duke of Cumberland, and got a wound myself at Fortnoy. But I know my pulse went dot and carry one. Jim Hawkins is gone, was my first thought. It's something to have been an old soldier, but more still to have been a doctor. There's no time to dilly-dally in our work. So now I made up my mind instantly, and with no time lost, returned to the shore and jumped on board the jolly boat. By good fortune, Hunter pulled a good oar. We made the water fly, and the boat was soon alongside, and I aboard the schooner. I found them all shaken, as was natural. The squire was sitting down as white as a sheet thinking of the harm he'd led us to, the good soul. But one of the six forecastle hands was little better. There's a man, said Captain Smollett, nodding towards him, new to this work. He came nigh hand fainting, doctor, when we heard the cry. Another touch of the rudder, and that man would join us. I told my plan to the captain. Between us, we settled on the details of its accomplishments. We put old Redruth in the gallery between the cabin and the forecastle, with three or four loaded muskets and a mattress for protection. Hunter brought the boat round under the stern port, and Joyce and I set to work loading her with powder, tins, muskets, bags of biscuits, kegs of pork, a cask of cognac, and my invaluable medicine chest. In the meantime, the squire and the captain stayed on deck, and the latter hailed the coxswain, who was the principal man aboard. Mr. Hands, he said, there are two of us with a brace of pistols each. If any one of you make a signal of any description, that man's dead. They were a good deal taken aback, and after a little consultation, one and all tumbled down the fore companion, thinking no doubt to take us on the rear. But when they saw Red Ruth waiting for them in the sparred gallery, they went about ship at once, and a head popped out again on deck. Down, dog, cried the captain, and the head popped back again. And we heard no more for the time of these six very faint-hearted seamen. By this time, tumbling things in as they came, we had the jolly boat loaded as much as we dared. Joyce and I got out through the stern port and we made for shore again as fast as our oars could take us. 
The second trip fairly aroused the watchers along shore. Lily Bullaroo was dropped again, and just before we lost sight of them behind the little point, one of them whipped ashore and disappeared. I had half a mind to change my plan and destroy their boats, but I feared that Silver and the others might be close at hand. All might very well be lost for trying too much. We'd soon touched land in the same place as before, set to work provisions in the little blockhouse. All three made the first journey, heavily laden, tossed our stores over the palisade, and then, leaving Joyce to guard them, one man to be sure, but with a half dozen muskets, Hunter and I returned to the jolly boat and loaded ourselves once more. So we proceeded without pause to take breath till the whole cargo was bestowed. And when the two servants looked up their position in the blockhouse, and I, with all my power, sculled back to the Hispaniola. That we should have risked a second boatload seems more daring than it really was. They had the advantage of numbers, of course, but we had the advantage of arms. Not one of the men ashore had a musket, and before they could get within range for pistol shooting, we flatter ourselves we should be able to give a good account of half a dozen at least. The squire was waiting for me at the stern window. All his faintness was gone from him. He caught the painter, made it fast, and we fell to loading the boat for our very lives. Pork, powder, biscuits was the cargo, <coughs> with only a musket and a cutlass apiece for Squire and me and Red Booth and the captain. Half of water, so we could see the bright steel shining far below us and the sun on the clean, sandy beach. And by this time, the tide was beginning to ebb, and the ship was swinging round to her anchor. And that's where we'll leave it for tonight. We'll pick it up on tomorrow's show. Tonight, I mean today, this morning, really. <laughs> okay, so much going on. All right, folks, thank you so much for uh, popping by. Really do appreciate it. Be sure, give us a follow. And uh, I hope the rest of your Christmas day is merry and bright and uh, enjoy it. Spend it with people you love. I will see you again tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat station. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>